Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me? Thank you guys so much for being here. We're going to start in Isaiah chapter 9 and 6, and that's where we'll spend the majority of our morning. I think this morning my heart is just to really to celebrate and remind us about our Lord and Savior. Probably won't necessarily be like, oh, I've never thought of that or I've never heard of that. But what we will leave is with a sense of, thank God I'm in church on the Lord and Savior's birthday. Let's pray together. Father, our hearts are bowed to you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you were born. Thank you that you gave your life and our hearts are pointed towards you. Speak to us this morning, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone says... Amen. You may be seated. Go ahead, since it's Christmas, wave at your neighbor. We love to pray as a congregation and be friendly. Thank you so much for being here. I'm stalling a little bit, and I think I've stalled as much as I can. You know, it's Christmas morning, and can we just give everybody that volunteered, whether they're in the children's hall or up in the booth or all of our worship team, just an applause of a thank you. All of our security and our door greeters and things, um, we appreciate them using their talents on the day of the Lord. Amen. Here Isaiah is declaring. It's important for us to realize that Isaiah is saying this when he comes out. Now we read it on paper here, but Isaiah is saying it. The Holy Spirit has grabbed a hold of his mind, has grabbed a hold of his heart, of his vocal cords, if you will, and begins to make a declaration. And it's a very important declaration. It's such a passionate declaration that you feel like somebody's about to give birth right then. But that's not what's going on. But it's so real to Isaiah as he pictures it. It's so real to Isaiah that as you read the script, as you read the text, you feel like, man, somebody's giving birth right now. But you read it as in the future, and we know that that was Jesus Christ. So let's read it together. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace you know it's an amazing thing I know for my 11 year old when she was born you know a child being born is a great celebration and if anything now we've really taken it over the top I love it man there are gender reveals it's like you celebrate the uh, the initial um uh, not sonogram um help me out here yes yes that sounds good yeah the ultrasound yes you celebrate the ultrasound, then you celebrate the gender reveal, then you celebrate two or three other things, and the baby's here, and we, we celebrate that too, you know. Back in the day, there wasn't any of that. It's like, I'm pregnant, we'll see in nine months what's going to happen here, you know. Well, this one was even longer than that, because it was hundreds and hundreds of years, right? The announcements was, was made, and we know that. But it's so funny as we do that. And as we read this text this morning and we celebrate together, we really think back on what Christmas means to us this morning. Now, if you're like us, you woke up in my house. We woke up a little bit early, got around our little fireplace, and we began to distribute gifts to one another and just celebrate Christmas. Has anybody else in the house did that this morning already? Yeah, and then we're going to go home and eat. And you're probably going to re-celebrate again, right? Well, that's what it's for. 
And today, as we look into the text of what Isaiah is saying, that's what I pray that our hearts will just be elated by the Holy Spirit, illuminated, that that's what we celebrate as we celebrate our Lord and Savior this morning. Isaiah starts here, For unto us a child is born. For unto us a child is born. A great celebration. It's something that many of us, if not every one of us, have experienced in some form or fashion. Now, if you don't have children of your own, then you know maybe you have a close nephew or a niece, and, oh, we're not even going to talk about grandchildren. My goodness. I see you guys go crazy, grandparents, you know. I was talking to a grandmother one time, and she was a great-grandmother. And I said, what is the difference between being a great-grandmother, a grandmother, and a mother? She goes, it's just one more adult you have to push out of the way to get to the baby. That's all that is. Uh, That's a pretty good answer. But there's all kinds of celebration, and here Isaiah is proclaiming voice of, if you will, the voice of God prophetically, for unto us a child is born. And it has everything to do with light in a dark place. It has everything to do with hope where there's no hope. It has everything to do with courage where there's fear. Amen? For unto us a child is born. For unto us a child is born. Luke chapter 2 verse 9. It helps us understand. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were feared with great fear. It was talking about the shepherds. And as I was rereading this, I was thinking about the, the great fear that they felt. But an angel shows up and says, Listen, you need to celebrate this. You need to be excited. And, and the light shone around the shepherds. Now, if you know anything about shepherds, we know that they tend sheep and they tend the baby sheep, the lambs. And I want to think like a lamb here for a minute because it'll help us understand what God did for us. So in the midst of these shepherds watching over these sheep that were going to give birth, the lamb had one purpose. The lamb was to be born, to be slaughtered so the blood could cover or roll back the sins of the men and women. In the midst of that death, if you will, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of a destiny that was on a lamb, a great light shone up and said, oh, you don't have to fear this light. What's going on right now, you don't have to fear, but rather it's good news that's coming towards you. And if you think about us, you understand what we understand as fellow believers in Christ it's, David put it like this, that, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because if there's a shadow, there's a light. And that night, a great light has shown that the Savior of the world was born. And for us, because a child was born, in the midst of our tragedy, in the midst of our mess, in the midst of our darkness, in which we had no hope of ever getting out of, except for the supreme sacrifice. The great light shone in our hearts, didn't it? The great light shone in our minds. I mean, think about it, because it says that to to the world, to people who are not saved, the Bible and the story of Christ is foolishness. So unless on that day, whenever it was and wherever you got saved, the Holy Spirit didn't in some way illuminate your heart that you need a Savior, that you need Jesus Christ, we would have never been able to do it. But because our Savior was born, because a child was born unto us, our hearts can be illuminated. Now, it's our choice to receive it, right? It's our choice to receive salvation through Jesus Christ. But the fact that we get to choose is because a child was born unto us. Isaiah continues here, and he 
he helps us understand not only is it a child born unto us, but unto us a son is given. Unto us a son is given. So he goes even a little deeper and helps us understand. I was doing a little research and got curious about some of the greatest gifts ever given, and, and some of them are just ridiculous, like the Taj Mahal and different things like that. It's just, uh, um, just ridiculously given. I was coming across one where Joe DiMaggio, the great baseball player, of course, was married and, and in love with Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe passes away around 1962, and Joe DiMaggio gives her a gift three times a week for the next 20 years. He has at least six long stem roses three times a week delivered to her graveside. And she receives that gift, if you will, which she's no longer on earth. She's passed away, but, the, but in respect and honor to her. And I was thinking about how they, many people think that was one of the greatest gifts. And I was thinking, you know what? The roses didn't resurrect Marilyn Monroe. The, the roses, there was no hope in the roses for Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, it was an act of love. I understand that. But it's not the gift that you and I get to receive. The son that was given to us. Because in the Son, we have resurrection of life. In the Son, we have hope. In the Son, we know that we are not alone. And I don't know what your Christmas holiday looks like. I don't know where you're at. And if you're on the other side of the camera, I don't know what's going on. But we want you to know that you're not alone. Not only do you have brothers and sisters in the, in, in the community, but you also have Christ in your heart. And you can have him if you don't. Because a Son was given to us that day. A son was born. And as Isaiah is prophesying this, it becomes very important. You can imagine the, the hearts that perk up as he begins to say this because of the value of a son in that culture. Not that they didn't value women, but the value of a son because lineage continued, a legacy continued. And now all of a sudden it was a son that was given and Isaiah begins to help us understand this because it was a specific son it was a specific baby at a specific time at a specific place to a specific couple couple the only begotten son jesus christ god wraps himself in flesh and gives us a gift the most precious gift greater than any grand gesture than we can imagine because every gift that is given from man to man will fade away will crumble will one day never stand. But, but the word declares that, that grass withereth and flowers fade, but the word of God will last forever. That's the reason why Christ is such a great gift. Christ came looking for us long before we looked for him. While we were an enemy of God, a great light shone and a son was given. So you can imagine this intense moment as I, Isaiah continues and he's helping them understand now the government is not super rocky and, and things of that nature as he's given this prophetic announcement. But it leads us to our, our, the next line in there where it says, and the government shall set upon his shoulder. The government shall set upon his shoulder. So not only is a child to be born and a son to be given, now all of a sudden there's gonna be a governmental change and people say, woohoo! And we might say, woohoo. You know, I, was, I heard this the other day, and it was very interesting. Christ being born when he was born 2,000 years ago, whenever the Romans occupied, controlled the land of the Israelites. 
Jerusalem and surrounding areas. It was incredible because the Romans were oppressing them and trying to hold them down and ridiculous taxes and they were looked at like they were the lowest people in the, in the world and things like that. But one of the interesting things that I heard is Christ being born at that time, there was never a greater hunger for a Messiah in the people of God. They were looking and they were hungry because they knew that they were oppressed, that they were captured, so to speak. And they needed a savior. Of course, we go back to the Old Testament and we see all the savior types throughout the Old Testament, Moses and the great leaders and things of that nature, but they were just mere men. This is not a mere man, right? This, this is a, a son, a child that is born, a, a son that is given. I mean, this is like nothing but he's ever experienced. And it's so real that his government is gonna change everything. So people begin to think, is the government gonna change? But what they don't realize maybe at that time is he's talking about the kingdom government. See, this is a government, this is a nation, this is a people that accepts all people. And that government that he has starts in the heart, doesn't it? The government that Isaiah was speaking about was a government that ruled and reigned in the heart of the people. I love how Ezekiel puts it, 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take out the heart of stone of your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh. He helps us understand that this government that he's talking about is not just by rules and regulations, although that's what people were understanding. But now you and I are governed in, by our hearts because the spirit allows us to be convicted. Anybody ever being convicted because of something really, really dumb you've done? Oh, yeah. And everybody says, amen. <laughs> Without the baby in the major, it never happens. Because Christ even says this, it's to your advantage that I leave because I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he will convince the world of their sin. A child is born, a son is given and the government that he's talking about will rest upon his shoulders because it's a government from within side. It's a government that doesn't just rule by laws and regulations, but it's ruled when we get down on our hands and knees and we ask God to not only come into our life, but show us the direction. What can we do? How can we be the light that you're the light? The same light that's shown on those shepherds that they said, fear not, I bring you great news that that light would shine forth, that that kingdom would come alive. As Pastor mentioned this morning, we're not just merely a church that comes together and us four no more. We mean to end. We mean to reach our community. We mean to reach the world. We honestly believe that from Ray of Hope, from this, this, this cow pasture, if you will, in, in Comanche, that we can touch the face of the world. Oh, not so we can have accolades and accomplishments. Not that people could look and say, oh, look what God has done, but we could follow him because the kingdom that reigns in our hearts is not rules and regulations, but it's passion, it's love that begins to bull up in us. And we're, 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 we just have to go and do, don't we? You know what I'm talking about. But without the child being born, without the son being given, we don't understand the new government, do we? Christ says this, he says, I ask you not to take them out of the world, but be with them while they're there. 
See, they were looking and thinking, okay, so the deliverer is going to come, especially whenever they were born as the Romans occupied. The deliverer is going to come and going to pluck us out of our situation and going to change everything. And even to some degree, the 12 thought that they would be something that they weren't in the present world. And that's not true, is it? Sometimes God will leave you right where you're at. He will make you stay where you're at because he's got great plans for where you are. But how can that be? Because his government is on his shoulders and his government rules despite the situations and the circumstances around us. And Isaiah was saying that. So this morning we celebrate and we think back to our title. Is it logical? No, it's not logical that a child would be born, that a son would be given. And then we have a kingdom that reigns in our hearts, but it's real, isn't it, brothers and sisters? And Isaiah is helping us understand that as we go down, that, it's, that as we go further in, in what Isaiah is saying, that it's not just merely something that happens on the outside, that we open up the pages of the Word of God. We open up the pages and let the Holy Spirit illuminate our hearts, and we just have to follow this. And if we don't follow this, then we have to worry and be scared. No, all of a sudden it's a new kingdom that reigns in our heart and our life. And now I get the privilege of when I read the word, something comes alive in my heart and I know that this is real. And one day I will get to see my Savior forever. Logical? No. Once again, the Bible says the people who aren't saved, they don't get it. But to us who are brothers and sisters, man, our spirit becomes alive inside of us and saying, oh, one day, although this body breaks down from day to day, my spirit, man, is alive. That's the reason why so many of you 60, 70, and 80 years old is just like, it's just like Moses and saying, listen, I'm more than capable of taking that mountain. I'm just, my flesh is just not cooperating with me, you know? The staff wasn't only a sign of authority. It might have helped him out a little bit, you know what I mean? The body breaks down, but the spirit man comes alive because it's not the kingdom that we're used to. It's a kingdom greater than any of us could ever understand. And it starts with that fleshly heart that he gives us. You gotta love Isaiah as he continues, and his name shall be called. And his name shall be called. A a child is born, a son is given. A kingdom resides in our heart, and now we see that he continues and helps us understand that a name is given. And the names that are given to God, the name that is given to our Lord and Savior is not something that he had to grow into. Can I get an amen on that? Callie, to my left over here, Mary and I, as you did your children and maybe even your grandchildren, we decided and decided and decided. How many of you guys found a name for your child? And then in about a month, you're like, oh, I really don't like that when you go find a new name. Looking through books, because it's a very... It's a very important process. Whatever you name your child, you're going to call them that over and over and over and over. Now, I know your kids are perfect, and you never have to say more than two or three times, hey, da-da-da, don't do that. Some of you guys know that that's not true because your house looks like a tornado hit it because you got little minions running around. But the name is so important. Whenever we name Callie, Kylie means the most beautiful. Elizabeth means by the sea. So Elizabeth was a preference deal, okay? I don't, <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest with you on that. But Kylie, we knew that we'd call her that time and time again, and every time we spoke that, we knew it was, and we wanted people to know why we called her what we called her. And here in Scripture, Isaiah is helping us understand 
that these names are not something that Christ has to grow into. It's not something that we, he has to mold and become into. We name our kids things because we want them to mold and, and be come into that. But this is not the case with this baby born in the manger. And it's not logical. You wonder how can the spirit of God, how can that move? Because we know that everything grows and matures. But Christ at 12 years old was teaching people in the temple way above their heads. Because it wasn't something he had to grow into because he was mighty God. We'll get to that here in a second. And still is. His name shall be called. So we don't get lost in the process. So we have an understanding. And this morning we celebrate that we have a God that is wonderful. Isaiah lets us know that he shall be called wonderful. So a child is born, a son is given. We're talking a new government that rests upon our hearts. And then he goes on, he says, now this is the distinction. This is like nobody you've ever met. And he shall be called wonderful. He's wonderful in his birth. He's wonderful in his life. It's, it's wonderful why he would even give his life. That's the whole thing right there. If you think of just the wonder, Pastor Mike and I were talking about this other day, and I know that he shared a little bit even behind the pulpit that during this season, let's not get, lose the wonder. How does it all work? How come a Savior would love us so much that he would give his life for us and not only give his life but resurrect us unto a new life? A Savior didn't need a tomb. He just needed to borrow one. the wonder of the season and it's easy to lose the wonder you get involved in the shopping malls and you get involved in the line and you pray please God just let me get online and it not take me 13 hours to find the gift that I need and then when I actually show up with the gift let it matter <laughs> Have you guys ever had good intention you're like man I, they're gonna love it and then they open it up and it's like they don't love it <laughs> dagger dagger I did all that for nothing. <laughs> well, no, we did it to spread the love of Christ because it's what's inside of us that we're trying to give. It's the representation of Christ. But don't lose the wonder. And it's, it's, it's easy to do because of the hustle and the bustle of the season. And, and really, this is also a mindset as we look at our Lord and Savior that he is wonderful in all of his ways. That means whenever he's taking me and, and putting me into a new position, whenever he's taking me and asking me to do something I've never done and stretching me and it hurts, he's wonderful. That means whenever he doesn't pluck me out of the situation that's difficult, he's wonderful. That means whenever the sickness hasn't left, he's wonderful that means whenever the prayer hasn't been answered he's wonderful that means can I get an amen yeah. that despite the situations and the circumstances he's wonderful right. well how can you arrive to that conclusion pastor Matt because the Bible also teaches us that what Satan means for our destruction God will turn it into good right. so right now I don't see the wonderful nature of of God. I might not see the wonder, but I'm going to hang on to that wonder and declare it anyways because I know whenever Christ delivers me, whenever Christ takes us out of our situation, oh, the celebration begins, doesn't it? That wonder is restored. And today we celebrate that. It's not logical that a God that gave his life for us would continue to be wonderful. Many times in our world, after one person does one good thing for you, it's like six months of, you owe me something. It's true. But that's not the case with our Savior, is it? He's wonderful. 
His Spirit that dwells in us because now we get to be the temple of the Holy Spirit is wonderful. And Isaiah is declaring this. And I just imagine this moment as his voice booms this out and declares it. What it must have been like for everybody because we get to read it on paper and just get to, to soak it in. But Isaiah begins to declare it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 12 through 13. The wonder Paul is talking to us. He says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Paul lets us know that there's wonder. About the time, has anybody ever thought, man, I about got this figured out. That is a really bad, let me save you. If you haven't thought that, don't ever think it. Because about the time you think you've got it figured out, God's gonna throw a curveball your way and you're like, oh, I need you more now than I did yesterday. He's like, I know, that's the reason why I did that. <laughs> but Paul says, listen, the wonder is there. We don't always understand it, but the wonder is there. And right now we can't completely put our finger on it and understand it because it's kind of like looking through a glass dimly and you see types and shadows on the other side and you know some things are going on and you see this side really well and you don't really understand everything. But just know that God's working on the other side. That's what makes him wonderful. That's what the wonder is. God, I don't know how you're gonna work this situation out. I don't know how you're gonna deliver. I don't know how you're gonna provide, but I know that you will. And when you begin to work all these things together for my good I get to sit back and say what a wonderful God I serve he shall be called wonderful he continues he says he shall be called a counselor some translation says wonderful counselor in the new king james it divides those and says he shall be called wonderful and he shall be called counselor is anybody in the room needed some counsel in your life so I'd, I'd purchased a piece of property off my mother and father and there's this little barn that I've turned into and put um, tin up on some different things and it was time to hook up the electricity. And that was something I was gonna do by myself. Now, Daryl, this is the only problem. I'm not an electrician. I'm a preacher. <laughs> so I was talking to my dad about all this, what I was gonna do and how I was gonna hook it up. He goes, Matt, I got an idea for you. He goes, whenever you go to hooking all this stuff up, I'm just right across the street. Why don't you give me a call and I'll come over here and help you out? I was thinking that's probably pretty good counsel. Because <laughs> when you flip the switch and you stick your finger in the lot, it's too late. <laughs> and I needed a little bit of counsel. I thought I had it figured out and I could do it and I could trace the wires and all these different things. But how many of you guys know that electricity can be dangerous? I mean, and you flip the switch and it's too late, you're already there. That's the reason why it's so amazing that our Christ, our Lord and Savior, is a counselor. Because there's a lot of things, come on now, there's a lot of things out there that's really dangerous and could cost you not only your physical life, but your spiritual life. The Bible puts it, what, what good does it do for a man to gain the entire world, yet lose his soul? Guys, there's a lot of things pulling at our soul, isn't there? There's a lot of things pulling at our attention and saying, come, get involved in this, be a part of this, do this. That's the reason why we need a counselor. That's the reason why it's wonder that's the reason why he's so wonderful. Because in the midst of that, we don't deserve it. But if we'll ask Christ, illuminate our hearts, Holy Spirit, speak to us, let your spirit come over me. Should I do this or should I do that? Should I make this decision or do that? Before we flip the switch, he'll speak to us. And he'll say. 
I wouldn't go that way. I would do this. It's very important because when you're sitting down and talking to a counselor, one of their things that they try to do is try to lead you. This is one of the things that Mary has taught me as she counsels multiple high school students. She said, Matt, you can't go in there with a predetermined mindset of what that kid's gonna do. What you have to do is speak to them and help them on their journey and lead them and steer them to the right places to make the right decisions. The amazing thing about it is we cannot go into prayer with our Lord and Savior with the preset mindset. Many times we go into prayer asking for permission instead of asking for direction. And the amazing thing, the wonderful thing about our God, the amazing thing about our counselor is even when we do that, he'll still counsel us out of the problem, won't he? Oh, we could save lots of money and lots of time if we just listened to the great counselor, the wonderful counselor. And that's what Isaiah is saying here. Listen, we, 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 he shall be called. He's not growing into counseling. He is the great counselor. We can go to him, say, illuminate our hearts, help us on this decision. That's what we get to celebrate, and it's not logical. Think about it, it's not logical that we could have a resource, if you will, that we could go to. And I understand it's not like a slot machine. You put the quarter in it, you pull the handle down, and da-da-da-da, boom, you know what I mean? But he does promise that if we knock, and we ask, and we seek, we'll find. That's what we celebrate the problems, the situations, the frustrations, the relationships that we don't understand. Whenever we try to minister the word and ask for wisdom that we have the great counselor, he continues here and helps us understand mighty God. I was thinking of this course today. Bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears. Do you guys remember this song? Bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my questions. Bigger than anything. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. It's important to know that as he was called mighty God, that's not something that Jesus Christ is going into. And he's not one of six. He's not one of 15. He's not one of three. Christ is the mighty God. So when we go to him and open up our hearts and say, speak, then he's mightier than any problem we face. He's mightier than any decision that we have to make. He's mightier than any relationship problem that we have. But we go to him and say, mighty God, work on my behalf. And we celebrate that. Is it logical? No, it's not logical, but it's true and it's real. And our hearts are full of grace and mercy towards our God and our Lord and Savior saying, mighty God, continue to speak to me. Isaiah continues here and he's not done yet. I'm about to be done, don't worry. I know the time, I'm about to be done. He goes on and he talks about everlasting father. Sadly, some of the people who are listening and even some of the people in the room, you have struggled with a great godly fatherly example or even a good one. And all we can say is we know that pain is real and true and we feel for you and we pray for you. But in the kingdom that we're talking about, in the kingdom that we celebrate this morning, you don't ever have to worry about your father walking out. You don't ever have to worry about your father leaving. We can have security that we've never experienced and that we never had because Isaiah proclaims here, we have an everlasting father in an everlasting kingdom. But unto us, a child is born, a son is given, a new government is established in our hearts and our lives. And the amazing thing about that new government is it's ruled and reigned by an everlasting Father. And we read in Scripture over and over how good Father God is. 
He steps in and talks to the oppressed, to the brokenhearted, to the busted, to the ones who feel like they're at the bottom and they'll never be able to go up. God slips in and says, let me raise your spirits and tell you who you are. You're mine. And this morning, as we unwrap packages and these things, we understand that. Revelations 1 and 8, I am the Alpha, the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Finally, we see here that he is the Prince of Peace. There's a great, I'm going to close my notes here. The great word in Hebrew is Shalom. When they greet somebody, they say shalom. When they leave somebody, they say shalom. Shalom simply means peace, but it's not peace many times as we think about it. It's not peace. God, let me have a day of day with no stress. Let me be able to find this or make this decision. God, if there would be no wars, that would be amazing. But it's a deeper meaning that. It's about possessing something great that maybe nobody else possesses it's not being taken out or the absence of but it's the presence of almighty God so here whenever Isaiah declares the prince of peace he helps us understand that in the midst of our situation in the midst of what we're going through that we can have peace we're not going to be plucked out of it we're not going to have instant salvation, maybe not even instant deliverance, although it happens for some. But what we do have is a prince of peace that will walk with us through it. It'll walk through us with the tragedy, with the loss, with the difficulty, with the confusion. And all the while, you wonder, why do I feel so secure? It's because we have the prince of peace with us in our hearts, and that's what we celebrate. So this morning, as we go forward, I just want to say, shalom. May the peace of God rest on you. May you know that when you have a difficult decision and things are coming unraveled, that you have a counselor. May you know that this God that's in our hearts will work with you through any problem because he's wonderful. May you know that despite what example you've had as a father, that your father will stay with you because he's an everlasting father. May you know that God loves you more than you can ever understand. And he'll walk with you through whatever you're walking with. So know this morning, as we celebrate, we're celebrating the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Is it logical? No. But one day... A child was born and a son was given. Would you stand up with me? This is what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to dismiss from our seats this morning. If you feel comfortable, would you grab your neighbor's hand? We're going to dismiss this community this morning because we've got so much to celebrate. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your struggles are. I do know that it all starts with Christ. And we celebrate the Savior of the world, don't we? Can he save me? Can he touch me? Yes, right where you're at in the midst of what you're going through. You've, you've got to give him your heart and step in, but he can do it. And for us as brothers and sisters, we look back on Isaiah and what he writes and we celebrate it with a full heart that we have the completeness of God that lives within our heart. Doesn't mean we won't have struggles. 
doesn't mean we won't have difficulties. But we do have somebody to bring them all to, and it's Almighty God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your presence that we feel this morning. As we celebrate Christmas together, as children of God in your house, as we celebrate Christmas on the other side of the camera, however it looks, God, our hearts are full this morning. We're thankful for the gifts and we're thankful for the the greatness that we feel of our family and our friends, but we're thankful for the peace that we have in our hearts, for that peace that surpasses all understanding, for that wonder that we have for the great counselor in our hearts. That you, mighty God, would reside in our hearts. That we get to experience an everlasting Father and a new kingdom. So, Father, we celebrate you. We thank you, Jesus Christ, for giving your life. We thank you for being born in a manger. It's not logical, but we know because our spirit is connected to yours that it's true and it's real, and we celebrate it today. Father, let your face shine upon these wonderful people. Let us go out and have a great, great day, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and everyone says, amen. Amen. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.